Happy Monday. It actually happens to be President's Day if you're here in the U.S., which doesn't amount to a whole lot other than my kids are off school. <laughs> um, I don't know there may be special activities that happen in your town. I just don't know any in mine. But I'm really happy to say that I am here today with part four of our Four Ways to Declub- Declutter in February, an experiment for ADHD brains. And it's right on time, so you have all week to give this a try. Let's go. Hey, friend. Welcome to the Joy Loving Home Podcast. I'm Joy, wife, mom of four, (laughs) and unorganized professional organizer. I have a heart for ADHD moms and kids. After spending years learning and organizing for other people, I realized there's a real need to turn the concept of being well-planned and organized upside down. It shouldn't be created exclusively by type A naturally organized people as a way to fix you or your home. Organizing, planning, and productivity should fit the way our brains think. Albert Einstein said, everybody's a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it's stupid. (laughs) Well, fish, let's quit trying to climb trees while being given tips by well-intentioned monkeys who cannot understand how our brains think. Join me in the water and learn how to swim with the current of your life. It's time to choose unorganized organization and flexible productivity. It's time to choose progress over perfection. I'm in this journey with you, and together, we can choose joy. If you happen to be new here, you are jumping right into a part four, and I would like to say go back three episodes to catch parts one, two, and three, but I threw some other episodes in the middle of this series, so good luck to you. Um, Just read the titles and scroll through it and you will find them. They're all labeled as parts one, two, three, and four. I will say welcome. I'm really glad you're here. And if you are not interested in going back and finding them, I'm going to do a super quick recap. And for those of you that have been here for all of this, I don't think it hurts to hear the recap because I'm going to just sort of compare and contrast the different ways I've introduced and as you are sort of thinking back through them if you haven't given them a try yet and you want to do like a hey I'm going to try all four in one day or in one week uh, go for it and see which one suits your brain that's the reason I call this an experiment is there isn't one perfect way certainly for any given room or any given person in any given situation even if we find a way that we like we might like two or three of these ways and it's fun to to shake things up So (laughs) with all of that being said, in part one, I introduced little by little, and that is where you just set yourself a five, 10 minute timer, attack a space and just only tackle it for 10 minutes each time. In the example I used in that podcast was to eliminate the clutter on our phones, because that's one that's really hard to be aware of until that ridiculous number of emails slaps you in the face when you open that (laughs) that up. But it can be helpful for photos and emails and texturings and all the things. Little by little was part one. Part two, I called use it or lose it. And in that case, it was where you sort of look at your cluttered space, you grab an empty box. And as you use something, you place it in the box and sort of go through this for about a week and then look in that box and go, actually, this is all I'm using. The rest of this, I'm just storing for no purpose. So you grab a box, you load all of the excess into it, you take it out of the area, 
you give yourself another week or so to see if you started using anything that you had to go retrieve from the box. And if not, congratulations, you did not have to think about any item too long. You just grabbed what you were using in the moment of using it. We did that example in a bathroom, which is a super great utilitarian type of place to use the use it or lose it technique. Part three was called favorites first. And in that one, you actually take a contained space that you have. You pull everything out of it and you start putting things back with your favorites first until you get it comfortably filled with a little wiggle room because it's always nice to have a space to grow. You turn around wherever you emptied everything to and whatever's left is too much and you don't have to overstress it or overthink it or dig all through it and make decisions about all of it. You box it up and get rid of it because your favorites have been saved and the rest is all just stuff that you, again, have been storing for no purpose. That was really great. The example we used was a dresser drawer, but you could also use that in any overstuffed place. You can use it in a linen closet or where you keep your gift wrap or the bookshelf that's overflowing or your kid's games cabinet or even a toy area. All the places where you have a finite amount of space to store things and just too much stuff there. And then today, I'm going to introduce you to remove and replace. And remove and replace is very similar to use it or lose it, except for it's just the reverse. Instead of having a box and as you use things, place it in that box so that you know everything left behind is unnecessary, we do the reverse. We remove it from an area into a box. And as we need something, we pull it out of the box, we use it, and then we put it away in wherever the best assigned spot for that place to live, that item to live would be. I will use the example in this case of the kitchen utensil crock or a utensil drawer. Most of us have those stuffing to overfilled and you're digging for the items you use. If you take the crock and the drawer and you empty all of that into a box, then as you're cooking for the rest of all of this week, each time you actually use a utensil, then wash it up and place it back in that crock or back in that drawer. And at the end of the week, you will have seen exactly what you're using. You can kind of peek in that box and go, well, you know, I didn't make melon balls this week. (laughs) I say that because how many of us have melon ballers that are just in our drawer? How many times are you making melon balls, folks? Ask yourself when you get tempted to pull anything else out of that box that is a very seldom use item. And I know in the kitchen, sometimes we make very specific foods for very specific events. And you say to yourself, I absolutely use that when this event happens. Absolutely grab it. Totally cool. If it's a very specialized tool, utensil, that you really can get by by using something else within your kitchen that you know you need and have all the time, do you really want to take the space to store it? In this case, you could take that box, now remove it further away from the area live for another week, another month, if you went to another quarter. But if you haven't used anything out of that box in that amount of time, go ahead and donate whatever's in the box. The beauty of this method versus the use it or lose it method is everything's already in the box. (laughs) So when you're done, you don't touch everything again, which can maybe make you go, oh, I don't know, maybe I should keep these things. Where in use it or lose it, you were just grabbing stuff as you were using it. And then when you touch all the things again, you're loading it into a box to get rid of it. The 
problem, I guess the con in this situation is once you've cleared your space up, if you are using and replacing and all of a sudden you get to the end of the week and you're like, well, there's like four things in my crock and six things in my drawer and I've got space easily for 10 things in my crock and 12 things in my drawer. Let me just pick enough things to fill it up because we're afraid of space, guys. If you have lived in a cluttered environment, it takes a little while for your body to adjust to the fact that blank space is actually a good thing. It can it can make some of us twitch a little bit, especially if you sort of have that abundance sort of nature to yourself, and that's okay. I mean, if you if all you're going to do when you clear this out of here and every time you open that drawer it feels anxious to you that there's so much space in there is that you're just going to rebuy and fill things up because you have this need to fill to your space then go ahead and pull those other items that were sort of on the border out and fill the space so that it feels comfortable to your eye to your brain because i i the last thing i want you to do is just later go out and spend money just because the space is bothering you But if the space, live with it a little bit, if the space you can become accustomed to and you start realizing, gosh, it is nice to open the drawer without the potato masher getting hung up and then I got to reach my hand down in there and scrape everything up on my hand trying to dislodge things so the drawer opens all the way. (laughs) And I know y'all know what I'm talking about. Then, Then maybe it's time to just see if you can retrain your brain to accommodate space as a soothing, sort of calming, pleasant thing to see. Again, not trying to change who you are, but sometimes we haven't been exposed to it enough to know if we even would enjoy it. That's those moments where you take the box a little further away, but maybe you allow yourself a little more grace before you get rid of get rid of it all the way. So I hope that was a good recap, a good explanation. Give yourself this week to give it that remove and replace a shot because there is still one more Monday in February. I am going to come back with a full wrap-up. We're going to analyze uh, what we think of these different steps. What I would love and ask of you guys is if you're in my Facebook group, I'm going to be putting some polls out about which was your favorite way to declutter, which one worked the best for you, um, how many how many did you try, how many did you not try. Be forewarned, a lot of polls are coming, <laughs> but also... I really would love the info. Feel free to comment heavily so that I have a lot of uh, great insight to share with the listeners next Monday. That being said, if you want to get in on this poll and you want to share your thoughts and you want to be part of the Facebook group, go to bit.ly slash joylovinghomecommunity. I would be thrilled to see you in there and to have you share your thoughts. The more of us that we can learn from, the better. Would love to welcome you in there. Also, if you guys can do me one favor, I would love if you're listening to this and you don't mind like glancing down at your phone and sort of scrolling around to where I am on your podcast app that you're listening on. If you would give me a rating and review, it would mean so much. And I, <laughs> it lets me know that y'all are out there listening and that you're enjoying it. So it's nice feedback for me, but it also is helpful for others to find me. But honestly, more than you know, the the stars and the reviews, which can become like a bit of a vanity metrics. I, I love when you reach out personally and are sharing. And I think that's fabulous. Honestly, probably the greatest gift you can give me is to share me with a friend and say, hey, yada, yada, listen to her. I really think you might enjoy it. So if that's something you could do, I would be ever so grateful. And until next time, choose joy. Did we just connect? Do you feel at home here? Oh gosh, then please do me a favor. I'd love to have you here for the next episode. 
And to do that, you need to follow or subscribe or hit the little plus button, whatever it takes to be here next time I drop an episode. And while you're at it, if you could scroll down and find where people rate and review the podcast, and if you would add your thoughts, it would mean the world to me. First of all, it would help other moms like us find me and they wouldn't have to feel so alone. But I actually just like hearing from you. It means a lot to know your thoughts and so that I can keep doing a a good job and having episodes that mean something to you. So connect with me. DM me on Instagram. I'm at joylovinghome. Or you can email me, joy at joylovinghome.com. Or join my community. It's bit.ly slash joylovinghomecommunity. I can't wait to hear from you. And remember, keep choosing joy.